Blog Talk Radio. Good evening or good night 
in the ancient Paleo-Hebrew. I'm your host, your brother, your friend, as always, Tazapa. I'm joined this evening by Labia in the building and Hasadiah in the building also, y'all. Uh, this is not my normal time. I know y'all see that. Uh, I'm giggling a little bit because I know it probably threw a lot of people off uh, when you didn't get the uh, the notification this morning at 10. Uh, but I had to roll the show back, man, later, at a later time rather than not do it all together. Um, so y'all, welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome to the show. I hope everybody, uh, week is getting off to a good start. I hope everybody's healthy. Hope everybody had a um, a good weekend, a good uh, Shabbat. I uh, want to send shouts out to our brothers here in San Antonio, um, also brothers in uh, H-Town, brothers out in Virginia, brothers out in Rochester, uh, the brothers in Canada, California, and uh, Albuquerque. And shouts out to Kyle Cobb down in Guatemala. And shouts out, man, to the 12 tribes scattered worldwide. We are the Hebrew Israelites. We are definitely the people of the book. And that's what we do. We prove it historically, biblically, that we are those people. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, I don't have the number. Mashaba has the number. But if you're online, if you listen to us online, the information is online. Um what else did I want to talk about? Oh, uh, yeah, man. I was checking out um, – I shout out to them too, man, um, Sakari. I was checking out them last night, man. They they did a live show. Um, very interesting, man, very interesting. If I had to uh, put them brothers in a category, I would say that Sakari is probably like um, the – I want to say – and this is no disrespect. This is just the category I would put them in uh, as like – the pop culture, because they, they're always doing something that's like uh, popular culture. Uh, they really have their uh, their hand on the pulse of the people, the goings-on in the streets, in the streets. Um, those brothers really stay uh, informed about what's happening, man. But they did a show, and I don't know how often they do it or if they just started, but I just caught wind of it. Maybe y'all already know. But they did a show where they were discussing um, marriage, um, betrothals, courting, and I was like, wow, okay, and it was a live show where they were having people call in, and they would give them uh, counsel about the move they were going to make and considering uh, a husband or a wife, man. It, it was a cool little show, man, cool little show, and I think we need more things like that, man, to um, bring the scriptures into practicality. Because I think that is one of the main problems that Israel has is being practical about the scriptures. You know, everybody wants to be a, a stickler. We want to stick straight to the law and this and that, but just really missing the fact that we have to be practical. A lot of the things that were done in the law, for an example, animal sacrifice, that's just not practical. And especially since we know that Yahweh Shah was the ultimate sacrifice, you know, and, and that's that's a debate amongst us. I mean, we have so many, but that's a that's a debate, an idiotic debate. Just read the Bible. But back to what I was saying, man, I just think we need more forms like that. 
so things could be made more practical to the newcomers, the new brothers and sisters, and for brothers and sisters that have been here for X amount of years uh, who still struggle with uh, applying the law to daily lives and daily daily activities, man. So, y'all, thanks for tuning in. Um, If it's your first time listening in to the show, I do about an hour of current events, news, talk about soapbox, things going on in Israel. Before I get into the topic, which is titled Never Wax Pale, The Sword Without and Terror Within, Part 2, uh, then I get into the um, the class, like I said, an hour later, and we usually go for about an hour. Uh, but let's go ahead and get everything started, man. The Water Michelle is hooking up this, uh, this broadcast out. <clears throat> And the water for all y'all support, man. Everybody's been listening in. The feedback that uh, y'all been giving, um, the monies that's being sent to Blog Talk, man, we greatly appreciate it, y'all, to help keep the uh, ministry going. Let me go ahead and get started, y'all. So we're in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is the prayer we need to be sending up on the daily, man, so we can get the hell on we can get finally get our kingdom. We can finally have next. We can finally not have to worry about um, <laughs> the the new community that they've started and test two babies. And I, I I joke about it a lot, y'all. But it is so sad. It's so sad, and they're really doing these children a disservice because everybody, man, should have a papa. Everybody should have a daddy. They got these kids, you know, running around aimlessly with no daddy. And they just think that this is regular, that this is normal. It's horrible, man. But anyway, this is the prayer we need to be praying so we can get the hell on. Now, uh, Lobby, I'll give me Psalms chapter uh, 118 and verse Psalms chapter 118, verse 24. Mm-hmm. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So, good or bad, happy or sad, the Most High brought you to it. He'll bring you through it, and you'll come out better on the other side because of it, y'all. Trust and believe, man. Trust and believe. So, y'all, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of news. I actually found the articles that I lost last week when we was on live. <clears throat> so I want to go back and revisit those, man, as well as I got one piece uh, that I uh, found. It's kind of all linked in, man. But let's go to – you got it, Hasadai? Tell them where you're reading from. You know you got to read super loud. From CNE News, CNE.News. Dutch churches apologize for history of slavery. What churches? Dutch churches. Dutch churches apologize for the history of slavery. Our people are scattered everywhere, y'all. I hope y'all get this by now. When I say 
12 tribes, shout out to the 12 tribes scattered worldwide. I really mean it because we are scattered worldwide, man. I hope that this uh, particular platform reaches those brothers and sisters' ears uh, so we can somehow uh, unite, man, link up, connect, uh, fellowship. It'd be a beautiful thing, man. But we are, in fact, unfortunately, scattered worldwide. I mean, by our doing, by our doing, we did this. We deserve everything the Most High put us through. Read the Bible if you doubt me. But uh, go on with this article. Reported March 7th, 2023. Mm-hmm. Now, what struck me, too, about this article, y'all, and y'all can go on and check it out yourselves. They got a couple of sisters, like, holding ticket signs, right? It's all sisters. I don't see no brothers in the, uh, in the shot. But they holding ticket signs, you know, protesting slavery. And one of them is written in Dutch, and then they got the English right up under it. It says, never again. No, slavery never again. And what's crazy about it, y'all, y'all know the, the, the icon we use all the time. I'm talking about Hebrew Israelites, we got street teaching with the slave ship. It's like the everybody uses this same symbol. The slip they got it over there. They using it. <laughs> they using that one and they also using the the uh famous picture of I forgot the brother's name that was burnt alive. In front of an audience, they're using that picture, too, on the sign. It's like they made some street-speaking signs, man. That blew my mind. And I'm looking at the sisters, and the sisters, man, they look just like us. They look just like us, man. Sisters got their head wrapped up. It's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But read on the article. People participate in the so-called Memory Waka, a memorial walk through Amsterdam at the beginning of Keti Koti, the Memorial of the Abolition of Slavery. This was in Amsterdam. Yeah. Churches in the Netherlands used to be involved in the slave trade in history. Who used to be involved? Churches in the Netherlands. Churches in the Netherlands were involved in the slave trade. And that's the place our people always want to run to, find out about Jesus. Sitting up in there getting lied to, being told that you the Gentiles and that the, the Jews is those impostors right now, right now over in Israel. So you thinking that you got some type of second-class citizenship in the kingdom and you got second-class citizenship, citizenship now on earth. How, how is that? Make it make sense. What's the sound bite they always use? Houseway. <laughs> how? You're a second-class citizen in this world, and now you're looking forward to being a second-class citizen in the world to come, the kingdom to come. Stop. That, and, we all, and the people always say, oh, God is a just God. How is that being just? So I'm going to be a damn slave here, a second-class citizen here, and then I get to the kingdom, I'll be in the same position? How is that just? How is that fair? Malcolm X said this years ago. He said the white man, sell, no, he said the church sell, sells black people to dream that, um, how did he put it, that they have to die. They have to die to get their kingdom while the white man has his kingdom right now on earth. And a lot of our people, they believe this nonsense. Oh, you did. Now you get the kingdom. I opened up with the prayer in Matthew. 
truthfully, y'all at least read, the, most people read the New Testament because that's all they give you anyway because they don't want you to know the history of the Bible. So by the time you get to the New Testament, you're going to be lost anyway. But y'all at least read the Our Father prayer, Thy kingdom come. The kingdom's coming down here. <laughs> you're not going to it. Anyway, where was I at, man? Read that again. Churches in the Netherlands used to be involved in the slave trade in history. Mm-hmm. Now they say they are sorry and make a confession of guilt. they sorry. Go ahead. The confession of the churches came on Friday during the memorial for the abolition of slavery in Amsterdam. The churches believe they have contributed to the continuation of slavery did not stand up for the righteousness and freedom of others, and that churches also took part in slavery by exploiting slaves in the past. Do you know why? Because religion is white supremacy. That's what people be running from, man. Religion is white supremacy. Case in point, drop the truth. When you drop the truth on these church-going people and you show them the color of Christ, the first thing that come out their mouth is color don't matter. It doesn't matter what his color was because he died for all of us. That is the most idiotic and stupid, stupidest, no, it's not a word, but I'm making one, stupidest statement that anybody could ever make that lives on the planet Earth. Color doesn't matter. So why are we reading about slavery? If color doesn't matter, why are we reading about this? Color don't matter, though, right? Why was there Jim Crow laws in this country if color doesn't matter? Why was there a civil rights era if color doesn't matter? Why was they, I believe they're currently debating um, affirmative action, doing away with it, uh, up in Harvard, I, I believe it is. Oh, they already did it. They already did away with affirmative action? Why, why was there a need for it if color didn't matter? People act so stupid when they pick the Bible up. All their common knowledge just goes completely out the window. How the hell color don't matter when it matters in society as a whole, but it doesn't matter when you get to the Bible? Man, stop. And these are churches. And like I said, religion is white supremacy. That's why they own and they sold slaves for the supremacy of their race. You know. Inclusive. However, nowadays... I'm sorry. Go back and read it in context. Oh, okay. Go ahead. However, nowadays, churches have still not succeeded in becoming inclusive communities and standing up against racism and discrimination. <laughs> Rene de Rouvert Secretary of the Protestant Church of the Netherlands, PKN, said during the memorial service. Pastor Rosaline Israel from the PKN in Amsterdam and Duncan Wilson from the Diocese of Rotterdam stressed that the effects of slavery in the past are so visible in the current society. You think? You think? It's called post-traumatic stress disorder. It still affects us. You know. 
Young people with darker skin find it harder to find a job, and children of non-Western parents get sent to a lower level of education than their white classmates. Now, this is a European publication. When it's talking about the West, it's not talking about America. It's talking about Europe. I hope we understand this. We don't. Wheels and illustrates. Israel, um, as in Pastor Rosaline Israel, emphasizes that churches should take responsibility, which goes beyond apologizing and asking if things are okay again. <laughs> Generation. In the future, churches will focus on helping people process past traumatic events. In addition, they will contribute to the education of the new generation concerning the history of slavery. That is the duty for the present and the future, Wilson says. Now, we're going to link these together. So I want you to scroll up, scroll up a little bit. No, no. Yeah. And keep going, I think. Okay, it was that right, right there. Scroll down to the next article, right there. It links with that one. Bobby, I want you to give me Jeremiah chapter 7, and start verse 1. You want the scripture first? Yeah, I want the scripture first. So we're going to Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 1, y'all. Mm-hmm. Already read it. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word. So he says, stand in the gate of the Lord's house. So stand in around your people. Stand around Israel, because we are definitely the Lord's house. Read. And say, hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah, mm-hmm. that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Mm-hmm. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. The God of who? The God of Israel. The whole world. The God of Israel. Yeah, y'all. I beat the dead hearts because people be, be completely reading over these scriptures like they don't matter. He's the God of Israel. Read. Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. This is what the most high samples. Read. Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. He said, don't trust in these words. The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord is, is these. God is in my church. God is over here in my church. God is at this church. Well, if you ain't going to this church, then you ain't getting God. He said, don't trust in these lying words. Because he told us in verse 3 what we need to be focused on. Read verse 3 again, please. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways. What did he say? Amend your ways. No, keep doing you. Amend your ways. Come as you are. Amend your ways. Because that's what the church said. Come as you are. You can come any way you want to come. You can be a pump. You can be a dyke. You, you can smoke weed. You can sleep with other people's women. Just do what you do. Just come as you are. And, 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 and Jesus is going to wipe away all your sins. Because he loves sinners. That's what the church showed us. But what does the scripture say? Amend your ways. You got to change, nigga. Stop doing the stuff you did. No, God is not going to accept you no matter what. You, those damn billboards these have. Jesus loves you no matter what. Where y'all get that from? Ain't no damn such thing as conditional love. 
You do something for me, I'll do something for you, and that's why I love you and you love me. It's an exchange. There's no such thing as unconditional love. The Most High wants us to change our ways. Stop the stuff we're doing. Stop the hatred, the hating one another. Stop the idolatry. Stop running up in these damn churches. Amen our ways. Read. And I will cause you to dwell in this place. And then that's when the Most High said he's going to give us the kingdom. When we change our ways. And the New Testament is called repentance, which means to change, not stay you, not keep doing you. It's crazy, too. People, religion gives you half the Bible, and they preach repentance, repentance, repentance. And repentance means change. But then they'll tell you that the law is done away with. <laughs> How that makes sense. <laughs> How does that make sense? How could I do me <laughs> and and be repenting? Repenting of what? Anyway, read the next article. Dutch apology for involvement in slavery. All right. So that other article, you didn't get the date from this one, but this one actually came first. When was the, what's the date on this one? December nineteenth, twenty twenty two. All right, so the other article uh, came out this year about the uh, – Yeah, March. It came out in March about the church's apologizing, but the Dutch had apologized back in – what's the date again? December. December. So read this. Prime Minister Mark Root apologized for the Dutch involvement in the slave trade during the centuries. Many of the former enslaved communities were present during his speech. The Dutch Prime Minister, Mark Root, has expressed an excuse for the Low Countries' contributions to the history of slavery. In a long-awaited speech on Monday afternoon, Mr. Root said the involvement of the Dutch state was painful and shameful. For centuries, the Dutch state has profited from this, he stated. They what? Profited. You know, you know, they call it generational wealth. <laughs> That's what black folks in, in America is trying to, trying to come up on. Generational wealth. Y'all see how this is definitely white supremacy and all of them are definitely the same people. And then they'll tell us, oh, y'all need to pull y'all stuff up by y'all bootstraps and make y'all own way. Well, y'all can say that because y'all had a damn... 500 year head start. The hell are you talking about? <laughs> Y'all didn't do that. Y'all were born with the proverbial silver spoon in your mouths. Then our people get so caught up education, 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 education. And then we had to take out these damn loans and get the, apply for financial aid to go get go to college and all this other mess when our white counterpart, loosely referred to him as white, he's really red, when they find out that they're conceiving, they're already putting Jeff's college tuition <laughs> together. <laughs> they're already putting um, Becky's college fund together from birth so they can have a head start. Constantly tell us, you people are just lazy. You people just don't want nothing. 
that couldn't be further from the truth. And y'all could speak that from the from a position of advantage. Y'all already have something. Y'all already have everything. Y'all tell this to people who have nothing. Hell, we can't even trace our roots to find out where we came from. We're the only people on the planet can't do that. Every other nation, they can trace back their lineage, except who? Black and brown people. But you know. For centuries, the Dutch state has profited from this, he stated. Today, I apologize, Root said, in several languages. In the three centuries until 1814, no less than 600,000 enslaved people were transported from Africa to the West. How many people read that part again? No less than 600,000. 600,000. I'm going to let that sink in, y'all. 600,000. Matter of fact, I got to drop a bomb on that one. 600,000 slaves were transported where? Transported from Africa to the West, mostly Suriname. Mostly where? Suriname. Suriname is in South America, y'all. Why is it mentioning Suriname? Because it's a Dutch providence. The Dutch colonialized Suriname. It sits right there at the north, what is it, north, the east, the northeast side of South America, right at the top, y'all, right next to the Caribbean, where our other brothers and sisters were dropped off at. You know, the places like um, St. Thomas, St. Croix, Jamaica, um, Trinidad, Trinidad, Tobago's, um, the island of Nassau, um, what else, those, Barbados, all those islands, uh, Dominican Republic's right close by. Um, also, the island of Dominica is right there. All those places. And I don't know if y'all knew this, man. They said that about, I think it was like 55% of the, no, it was 30%. 30% of the the, uh, the slave ships during the transatlantic slave trade went to South America. Went to South America. They didn't come directly to the Americas. They stopped there first. And this is where a lot of Israelites running around talking about everybody want to be Judah. Everybody ain't Judah. <laughs> As long as you know you're Israelite, man, you're good. But we don't really know which tribe we come from. We're guessing. Anyway, we know. All that has consequences in many lives here and now, according to Mr. Root. The communities that have grown from the former slaves are still objects of exclusion and social inequality. Does that sound familiar? Sound like what goes on here in the United States, don't it? We don't. In his speech, he summarized the Dutch contribution as a crime against humanity that caused immeasurable suffering. Government leaders spoke in Dutch in the Dutch National Archive, where much of the history of slavery is collected in the archives. Yeah, I would love to visit and see that. 
you know? Ruth said that other ministers would bring the same message in seven countries overseas. Mm. In how many countries? Seven. Seven different countries. I mean, I'll give you Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 68. The Middle Passage is not just exclusive to our country, y'all. And I know a lot of people uh, are um, in this box <laughs> that thinks that it is, or like the uh, the doctrine that's come out here recently that the slave trade never happened. Straight nonsense. Y'all don't really read at all. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 68. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with Egypt ships. again, meaning a second time. Because the first time, we walked down into Egypt by way of our forefathers, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, who had 12 sons. And his 12 sons grew and became a nation in Egypt. Read that part again. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again. A second time. First time we walked there. But what is so important about Egypt? Hold this and get Exodus 20 and read uh, verse 2. Why is Moses using this terminology? Why is he using the country Egypt? Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. I am the Lord thy God which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. What is Egypt synonymous with? Bondage. Bondage. So the Most High said he's going to bring us into bondage a second time. Now going back to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 68. Bring us into bondage a second time, but how this time? Because we already know, through reading the Bible, we walked into Egypt the first time. But this time, how? And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. Into bondage again with ships, cargo slave ships, like we just read in this article. Read that part again, Hasadai. The Dutch government leaders spoke in the national in the Dutch National Archives, where much of the history of slavery is collected in the archives. Ruth said that other ministers would bring the same message. The same message of slavery being coming into captivity with ships. Read. In seven countries. Seven other different countries. Overseas. Overseas. And Labia, you and Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 68, finish it. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. A second time with slips. Ships. I'm sorry. Ships. Cargo slave ships, read. By the way whereof I spake unto thee, uh-huh. thou shalt see it no more again. And he said, he said, where I'm telling you this at, you ain't going to see your homeland ever again. And who are the only people on the face of the planet that have not seen their homeland since they were kidnapped and made into to slaves? There's nobody but us. Read. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bond women, excuse me, bond men and bond women. Slaves all across the globe. This is the prophecy of the Bible. We're reading it in today's news, news article. 
That's what makes the Bible a factual book. The most I tell you that something's going to happen, and it happens. It's a prophetic book. It's a book of history. Reading on the article? He said he has had his personal journey with the excuse. In the past, he thought that slavery was history, for which he could not take personal responsibility. Oh, my goodness. We know this is talking about who? This is talking about white men. He said slavery is something that he cannot take personal responsibility for. And ain't that what they all say? <laughs> I didn't do that to your people. <laughs> it wasn't me. That wasn't me. Yeah, but guess who did? Your ancestors. Like my ancestors was the one picking the cotton, cutting down the tobacco and the sugar cane. Your ancestors was the ones with the whip, cracking it. While we start calling you what? Crackers. Yes, you're still benefiting from the works of your ancestors, and we're still suffering <laughs> behind what your ancestors did to our ancestors. Read on. But, but later he discovered that the consequences prove that it is not over. All right, go to that next connecting article. It's right there. Yep. Asking forgiveness for cruel, inhumane slave trade, August 25th, 2021. Amsterdam apologized for slavery. And we just read that. We read about the government apologizing. We read about the churches apologizing. Now they're recapping here. Read. The Dutch government may follow. Rightfully so. Yes, says Natalie Deborah Linger Sumter from Zandam. The Surinamese can forgive the inhumane suffering inflicted on their ancestors by the work of Christ. So this is uh, a sister from Suriname talking about forgiveness through Christ. Our people, man. Read on. Between the 15th and 19th century, European slave traders transported some 12 million slaves across the Atlantic. Read that again. Between the 15th and 19th century, European slave traders transported some 12 million slaves across the Atlantic. 12 million human beings. And not all 12 million made it to their destination. A lot of us died on the way over here and other places we were transported. And this is just talking about the transatlantic slave trade. We ain't even dug into the uh, sub-Saharan slave trade by the Arabs. We ain't even dug into that one. Got to get my research together on that one, y'all, so I can bring that out. We ain't talking about that one, though. Oh, and we're not even touching the surface of what's called black birdie. That is the Pacific slave trade that took place on the other side. <laughs> so you have the Atlantic Ocean, then you got the Pacific, this, uh, Pacific Ocean. It was a slave trade that happened over there too. Read it on. The Dutch deported roughly 600,000 slaves 
200,000 of whom to Suriname. To where? Suriname. Like I told y'all, it's the Dutch colony. Read. Those deportations were under appalling conditions. Slaves were pressed together in the bottom of the boat. They were chained to each other for six weeks during the journey, says Natalie Deborah Linger Sumter. Women spent the sea voyage in their excrement. For example, in their what? Excrement. Poop. Piss. Administration. That's what it's talking about, y'all. These were human beings. Real. For example, two sisters sat next to each other. One died. The sailors left her for days because they were too busy with other matters. So imagine being chained to your loved one that's dead for days. You already got poop, piss, blood from your menstrual all over you, so it's funky. Now there's a dead body. Think of all the harmful gases that that was on those ships, y'all. Because that's why they call it when you fart, you pass gas. Those are actual gases. You don't believe me? Let your, your uh, septic tank back up. Or let, let there be a sewer leak. And you'll smell that, that awful smell. That it stings your nose because you're inhaling gases from the, the waste, the defecation that's in the, the sewer pipes that comes out of our, our bodies, all the carbon dioxide that comes out, all those other gases that come out. Imagine being packed arm to arm face to ass, leg to feet, or whatever the case was, just piled on top of each other in everybody's waist. You know. Sometime all the dead bodies were thrown overboard. They, they, they what? After some time, all the dead bodies were thrown overboard. So if they had a relative that actually made it to the shores of America, and they got here, and then they died too. But before they died, they had kids. How the hell was this kid supposed to know his relatives? How was he supposed to know where he came from? Y'all understand what I'm saying now? How we the only people that can't trace our lineage back? We know. On arrival, people were rinsed branded and sold with a collar in the market. If a master does, does, does that sound humane to y'all? Does that sound like uh, what did they say? That every man is entitled to life, liberty and the happy, pursuit happy, happy the pursuit of happiness? Does that sound like that to y'all? <laughs> See, this is how you know that that crap wasn't written for us. You know. If a master wanted a slave he was immediately sexually abused. He was what? Immediately sexually abused. On sight. And remember, y'all, it said he. He. So they were heavily involved in homosexuality <clears throat> and pedophilia, as they are now. Same people. Read. Year in, year out. 
if a woman had a child, the child was taken from her. Imagine giving birth to the baby you just carried for 10 months, that you went through all the Braxton Hicks pains, that you went through all the heartburn, that you struggled through how many other hours or days labor may have took. You struggled through all of that for something that's yours, that grew inside of your womb, belonged to you. You already got a name picked out for him. And then he's cooking the moment he comes out your womb and they cut the umbilical cord. The atrocities keep the Zandam lady busy, not daily, but regularly. It's heavy stuff, linger, married and mother of two sons, five and two years old, is of Surinamese Creole descent, born in Rotterdam, raised in Amsterdam, living in Zandam. Her parents immigrated from Suriname to the Netherlands almost 50 years ago. So they went back. Linger's ancestors were shipped and traded from Africa to Suriname. That didn't happen in the distant past, but recently, she says, if you go back four generations in history. How many? Four generations in history. Just four generations ago, y'all. Read. People from that time were still born into slavery. Read that part again. If you go back four generations in history, people from that time born into slavery. Let that sink in, y'all. We're four generations removed from slavery. Worldwide. Not just in the States. This is worldwide. Read. Disruption. Slavery has disrupted lives, says Linger, policy officer of care and welfare at the municipality of Amsterdam. The personal past of many Surinamese has been cut through slavery. They often the, the, the personal past. Read that again. The personal past of many Surinamese has been cut. Has been cut. Through slavery. Through slave. So the hell with a damn 23 and me. It's not accurate. Our past has been cut off from us. Only an enemy would do this. Only a guilty, low-down, disgusting bastard would do something like this. Read on. They often have to draw from the general stories about Suriname for their historical background. We have to draw from a story. No different than here in the Americas. Oh, my grandmama said that we was uh, Cherokee Indian on our great, 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 great grandfather's side, I think. Hearsay. We have to rely on hearsay to get our damn history. To, to, to put together our family tree, we have to rely on hearsay. You know. The bloodline of people from Suriname ends somewhere. For example, I do not know my ancestors because they are not registered anywhere. Whether they're not registered anywhere. And it's only so far you can go here, even in the States. I've seen YouTube clips and heard people that they went from this town and that town to trace their family's lineage. 
and they only got so far because the records were destroyed or they never even kept a record. What you going to say? What they're having to do is rely. What they're having to do is rely on the families that held in that place for their records <laughs> and piece together, you know, different parts of information to see if they can get actual records of people because even those records don't have the slaves by name. They Not even by name. Number and gender. Number and gender. Nigger woman, nigger man, nigger child. Those, those are the records that we're looking at trying to piece our history together. Read. Whether slaves married was immaterial. They weren't worth it. They were not allowed to be human. <laughs> the lack of the puzzle piece is, is distressing. My rearview mirror doesn't go that far. I know the history up to my great-grandmother. However, I don't dare to ask about the period before that, explains Linger. I'd like to know it's part of my identity, but it's hard for me to explore. It's uncomfortable. And you know what's crazy about it too, man? The other nation's history is so prevalent that you can read about that history and lineage online. For example, look up Eli, uh, what's Elon, Elon Musk. And you, you can see how his family benefited and made their wealth doing apartheid. <laughs> you, I mean, this is public knowledge, public information. So the show I did a couple of weeks back about uh, the Roosevelts and how they made their money, the Roosevelts and the Forbes made their money from the opium wars over in China. It's public knowledge, public record. They could trace their lineage back to that. You can see everybody, the whole world can see where they got they made their money from and who their family members are. We can't do that. We don't. Paul, Linger often hears criticism from Christian circles about why the slavery past concerns her. Paul says, let go of what lies behind you and reach out for what lies in front of you, they say. Spoken like a true white person. Man, I need to let that go. It's in the past. Forget about it. Uh, 9-11 <laughs> is in the past also, which I'll still commemorate that every damn September 11th. Y'all holiday, 4th of July, I just celebrated a week ago. Y'all still holding on to that. Y'all Independence Day. But we're supposed to let go of not being able to connect the dots to our heritage just I'll just forget about it. You know what? I'll make I'll make you a history. How about that? I will manufacture you a history. <laughs> you can just tell people you came from this. Mm-hmm. And you gotta pay for it. Yeah, and then I'm gonna make you pay for it. Okay. Yeah. You know? Backwards is just as important to her as forward. The Surinamese respond. We stand on the shoulders of our ancestors. They have survived. While they could have opted for suicide in mass, but that is precisely why we live. I can imagine that people who don't believe become depressed from this past. Without her Christian faith, she might become depressed as well, says Linger, a member of Gospel Church, The Rock, in Amsterdam. Ah, people, man. Give me Matthew chapter 5. 
And then, uh, Hasdai, give me Matthew chapter 10 and read verse 34. Where it says the meek, the meek shall inherit the earth, Matthew 5. You know what it says? Yeah, read that. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, the reason I wanted to pull this, y'all, is because the word meek means enduring injury patiently without resentment. Enduring injury patiently without resentment. We are the only people in the world for as much things that we've been through through the hands of the so-called white men and other nations. We always want to forgive people. Always. And then we always want to use the name of Christ to do it. Jesus loves. Jesus loves everyone. Jesus says forgive. Read this part again, Olivia. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And this is why we're going to get the earth, because we are meek. Now read Matthew 10, 34. Matthew 10, 30, 34. Mm-hmm. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. Now, who's making this bold statement? Because the words are on red. This is Christ saying, I didn't come to send peace on earth. Let religion teach you. Jesus loves. He, he loves everybody. He's so he's about peace. He would just, he would never hurt a fly on anyone's head. Just love, just flowers and rainbows and um, butterflies. That's what Jesus. That's the symbol of Jesus. Read it again. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. This is coming out of Christ's mouth, his own mouth. He said, he ain't came to send peace. He's not coming to send peace on earth. Now, this is when Christ popped up on the scene the first time. He said he ain't coming for peace. So when he comes back, do you think he's coming for peace? No. Hold on, man. I didn't even plan on going here, but I got to go here. And I'm definitely going to get this in uh, in my Gentile class. Let's go to, uh, Paul, where you at? Let's get Isaiah 63. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 63, story verse 1. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 1. Mm-hmm. Who is this that cometh from Edom? So it's asking the question, who is this that's coming from Edom? It's talking about the nation of Edom, who we loosely refer to as Caucasian or white folks. In the, in the biblical term, their term, their name is Edom, and they're red, not white. Read. With dyed garments. From Bozrah. Bozrah. And this was a, a city that was in Edom. 
It says that it asks, who is this coming with these dyed garments on? We're going to find out why his, his garments is dyed. Read. This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling and the greatness of his strength. And these dyed garments, it says they're glorious. He's glorious in this apparel that he got on. Read. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. He said what? I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. So he speaks things that is right, and he saves. Who's the one that saves? Who's referred to in the Bible as the Savior? Can we get Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21? Hold this. We're coming right back to it. So people want to think I'm, just, I'm making stuff up. Matthew 1 and 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Call his name what? Jesus. And what does his name mean? Read. For he shall save his For he shall what? He shall save. He shall save. Why is his name going to be called Savior? That's what the word Jesus means. Because he's going to save his people. He's the Savior. From what? For he shall save his people from their sins. His people, not all people. Going back to I mean Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 1 again, please. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 1. Putting it all together. Read. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. This is Christ with the dyed garments on. In case you haven't put it together, read. Red in thine apparel. <laughs> what What color is this dye that he has all over his clothes? Red. <laughs> it's red. Remember that. Read. In thy, thine apparel and thy garments like him that treaded in the wine sack. He's, they're saying, you look like somebody that just got through uh, in the wine press squashing grapes. Wine, right? What color is wine? We think of wine. Red. This is what it's talking about. Well, let's find out why his clothes is red. Read. I have trodden the wine press alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I will tread, tread them in my anger. Christ said what? I will tread them in my anger. He will tread. He's going to kill them in his anger. This is why his garment is red. It's full of blood. And remember verse 1 said that his appearance was glorious. So him coming back, killing nations, especially the so-called white man, is glorious. Read. And trample them in my fury. He's going to trample them. What does it mean to be trampled? That's all over. Stepped all over. Squashed like a grape. In his anger, his fury. Read. And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garment. What? And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garment. See, so talking about and make it up, y'all. Read. And I will... Stain all my raiment. He said he's going to be soaked with their blood head to toe. He is not coming to send peace. Matthew 10, 34, again, please. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. This is the same guy we just read about in Isaiah chapter 63. This is Yahushua. This is Christ. 
he ain't coming to send peace. Read. I came not to send peace, but a sword. A sword is used, used for killing people, for destroying people, for destroying human life. Read. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, mm-hmm. and the daughter against her mother, mm-hmm. and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Why? Because some people is going to believe in Christ the way the Bible portrays him and tells them how to believe, and then other people is going to believe according to religion, according to the feel-good story that religious religion paints about him, which is incorrect. So, yeah, I did have another article I wanted to get to, but I kind of ran over my time. Um, yeah, it's cool. I'll deal with that. I'm going to mark this, and I'll deal with it next week, Lord willing. All right, y'all, so we're about to take a brief, brief intermission while we transition over to the class entitled Never wax pale, the sword without, and terror within, part two. I'll be back on the other side of this intermission, y'all. y'all we are back we are back with the class title never wax pale the sword without and terror within part two if you're unfamiliar with what i'm doing what i'm doing is i'm giving a brief history 
Um, and it is brief, y'all, even though I've been going kind of deep. Um, but I've, I've skipped over a lot of stuff, man, because I, I didn't want to lose anybody. So I've been going over a brief history of the Israelites going all the way back to the split of the kingdom, which happened around 930 B.C. under uh, Solomon's son, Jeroboam, uh, which took three tribes and Rehoboam. I'm sorry, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, who took three tribes and Jeroboam, who took what's commonly referred to as ten tribes, really nine and a half tribes. Uh, the kingdoms went through many different captivities, uh, went through the Assyrian captivity, the northern kingdom was carried off. The Babylonian captivity, the southern uh, kingdom uh, experienced and went through. Then we had the Persian Mede captivity, the Greek captivity, and now we're in the Roman captivity during the time of Christ, y'all. So last week, we went over Christ's um, nemesis, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, uh, talked a little bit about the essence. And this week, we're going to go more into that and uh, hopefully get to the crucifixion. So let's start at Mark chapter 3 and verse 1. And these are more haters of Christ, y'all, when, when you know. And what I'm trying to do, y'all, is just paint the setting of the New Testament so you can understand all the stuff that Christ was dealing with, man, and the estate of Israel during his time when he was here. Read. Mark chapter 3, verse 1. And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, rather he would heal him. So, the- Christ, so Christ came to the synagogue, and they're, they're watching Christ to see if Christ is going to heal this man who had the will of hand. Read. Who would, he would heal him on the Sabbath day, and that they might accuse him. So it was the Sabbath. So they waited for Christ to mess up so they can call him on his mess up. Read. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day, or to do evil, to save lives, or to kill? But they held their peace. You know, and it's no different than now, man, because you get a lot of brothers talking about you shouldn't do anything on the Sabbath. So even back then, brothers was coming to Christ, (laughs) who wrote the law, (laughs) who authorized the law, arguing to, uh, with Christ about the Sabbath. Read. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. Why was he angry? For the hardness of their hearts. Because they were some niggas. They were heartless. This man got a withered hand, and y'all tripping off of me, supposedly breaking the law that I wrote said unto the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway to counsel with the Herodians. With the who? The Herodians. Some mo niggas that was against Christ, referred to as the Herodians. Read on. Against him, how they might destroy him. And and they were trying to do what? Destroy him. So the Pharisees were in cahoots with the Herodians that was trying to kill Christ. Read. But Yahweh withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea, 
And a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea. Read. And from Jerusalem and from Idumea and from beyond Jordan and they about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came unto him. Now, the reason I wanted to read down is so we could see how many people that follow Christ. So, yeah, he had a lot of haters, a whole bunch. But there was a whole bunch of people that followed him. Now, let's go to Mark chapter 12. and sort of verse 13. I'm definitely going to tell y'all, show y'all who the Herodians is. But I want to get this first. Mark 12. And they send unto him certain of the Pharisees and of the Herodians. Or the who? Herodians. These cats again, read. To catch him in his words. Sure. Their whole objective was to catch Christ. So they could accuse him of something. This is why they would constantly ask him loaded questions. Read. And when they were come, they say unto him, Master, we know that thou art true and carest for no man. For thou regardest not the person of men, but teachest the way of God in truth. Now look at them with their hypocritical selves. It's like, man, we know that you, you're not a respectful person. They knew this, but who was? They were. They cared about people's position and people's power. Read. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Now, during this time, it was they were talking about Tiberius Caesar. He reigned during the time of Christ. He was a Roman. So he was asking, is it lawful to give tribute? Because we were under uh, taxation and we had to pay tribute to the Romans. In Jerusalem, because Jerusalem became a Roman client state. They colonized it. Read. Shall we give or shall we not give? Mm -hmm. But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said unto them, Why tempt ye me? Bring me a penny that I may see it. And they brought it. And he saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar. So I hope y'all have seen the, the historical relevance of this. They brought him some money with the picture of Tiberius Caesar, Caesar on it. Read. <laughs> and Jesus answering said unto them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. All right, so he checked them real clever. Now, let's find out who these Herodians are. So we're going to go to Wikipedia, and I want you to read the first and the second paragraph. Herodians. The Herodians were a sect of Hellenistic Jews mentioned in the New Testament on two occasions, first in Galilee and later in Jerusalem, being hostile to Jesus. So this was another religious that we had amongst Israel. Read. Yeah, go ahead. Reference in Mark 3, 6, 12, 13, Matthew 22, 16, also Mark 8, 15, Luke 13, 31 through 32, Acts 4, 27. In each of these cases, their name is coupled with that of the Pharisees. So in each case, and we just read it. Their name is coupled with the Pharisees, so they were in cahoots with the Pharisees, but the Pharisees and the Herodians 
were different. We're going to find out the difference. Read. According to many interpreters, the courtiers or soldiers of Herod and Antipas, Malites, Herodias, Jerome, were intended. Others argue that the Herodians were probably a public political party who distinguished themselves from the two great historical parties of post-exilic Judaism, the Pharisees and Sadducees. So the Herodians were more political. They were more political in their approach. Read. By the fact that they were there, that they were and had been sincerely friendly to Herod the Great. They were friendly to Herod the Great. This is why they named themselves Herodian, after Herod. These were sellout Israelite niggas that were heavily into politics. Read. The king of the Jews and to his dynasty. So it said they were uh, in league with Herod, the supposed king of the Jews, and all his dynasty. Read. The Herodians are often mentioned in the Gospels at the same time as the Pharisees. Like the Pharisees, the Herodians wanted political independence for, Jew- for the Jewish people. They wanted political independence for our people, but read. Unlike the Pharisees who sought to restore the kingdom of David, the Herodians wished to restore a member of the Herodian dynasty to the throne in Judea. The Herodians was cool with the Edomites reigning over Jerusalem. They were fine with that. So this was the difference between them and the Pharisees. Are you finished with that? What paragraph are you in? Yeah, I wanted you to just read two paragraphs. All right, now let's go to Acts chapter 4, y'all. Acts 4, we're going to start at verse 24. Acts chapter 4, verse 24. And when they heard that they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? It says, why are the people raging and uh, the heathen imagine a vain thing, man? The heathen is talking about the other nations. The vain thing that they're imagining is that they're going to get rulership. They're going to be in power. Read. Now, remember he said the heathen, also known as the Gentiles. Read. The kings of the earth stood up. And the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. It says the kings of the earth, meaning the other nations, stood up. And the rulers of all the other nations were gathered together against the Lord and against Christ. They were gathered against Christ. So this is the hostility that Yahweh Shai, who the world knows, knows is Christ, this is all the hostility he was dealing with. He had terror without and terror within. So the nations hated Christ. Them, was trying to destroy him, and then our own people hated him and was trying to destroy him. Read. For of a truth against thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod 
and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. These are all Christ's enemies. Read. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Because it was written that these things were going to happen to Christ. The way everything went down. Read. And now the Lord behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hands to heal, and thy signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Yahweh Shai. So all this was written. So let's get Psalm chapter 2. We're going to start verse 1. Psalms 2 and 1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? So y'all see how Luke, who's the author of Acts, got this from the Old Testament. Y'all see how this is one and the same, man? You can't divide the books. He's only quoting the Old Testament. Read it again. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Mm Mm-hmm. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. No, but Christ is going to save everybody. He's coming to save everybody. You see how people really don't read the New Testament? How is Christ coming to save people that hated him? I'm talking about the nation. Hell, and us too. Read. And against his anointing, anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. It's talking about Christ getting the kingdom. Read. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me. Thou art my son this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the the heathen for thine inheritance. Read that part again. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. I'm going to give you. The Gentiles for an inheritance. People might be saying, see, the Gentiles going to make it. Christ inherited the Gentiles, the other nations. Read. And the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. What? Who's going to be the role of the Gentiles? They were going to be a possession. They're going to be a possession. And say nothing about salvation. Read on. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. No, he's going to love them. Them with a rod of iron. He's going to say, here, inherit the kingdom. Break them with a rod of iron. The Gentiles, the other nations, y'all, are going to be broken with a rod of iron. Read. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Contrary to what religion has been teaching, read. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, 
Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. No doubt. I really didn't want that much, man, but I, I had to get that. Um, get Deuteronomy chapter 32 and sorry verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 15. But Jeshuan waxed fat and kicked. So he's talking about us. Jeshuan means upright one. That's what the Most High would call us when we were upright. So it says that we waxed fat and kicked. Meaning we, we came up, we got some riches, now we don't need the Most High no more. Read. Thou art waxing fat, thou art grown sick. Thou art covered with fatness, then he forsook God. Then we do what? Then he forsook God. We forsake the most high. Oh, we got everything we want. What's that direct song? I got everything, I got everything. <laughs> Read. Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Verse 21. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. The Most High said that his people moved him to jealousy with the things that is not him, the powers that are not him. Because why do we keep going into captivity in the first place? For idolatry, worshiping the nation's gods, the Gentiles. That's why we kept going into captivity, y'all. Even during the time of Christ, we wanted to be like the other nations. We wanted to have the power. I already broke down how the, the Pharisees and scribes knew the prophecies of Christ coming to save us, but they, they didn't care. They wanted to kill him anyway because they were so concerned about keeping their power and position. Read. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanity, and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. Now read verse 25. So from, from verse 21, he's telling us what he's going to do, how he feels. But verse 25 is the, the verse I really came here to get. Read. The sword without and terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling also with the man of gray hair. And what he's talking about is we want to have the nation who hate us, even during the time of Christ, the Romans hated Christ. The other nations hated Christ. That's the sword without. It says, and terror within. What's the terror within that Christ was facing? He was being terrorized by his own people. His own people hated him. I hope everybody sees this. Now let's get Matthew chapter 16. And story verse 11. Matthew sixteen eleven. How is it that ye do not understand that I spake it, not to you concerning bread, 
that ye should be aware of leaven, of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. So this is Christ speaking to his disciples. Because he told them to beware of the bread of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But they thinking he's talking about food. He said, read it again. How is it that ye do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that ye should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Read. Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. He said he wasn't talking about bread. He was talking about the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees because their doctrine was hypocritical. Their doctrine was a respect of a person. They didn't believe in Yahweh Shah. They were all about the law. Now get Matthew chapter 18 and verse 1. Matthew chapter 18 verse 1. Now, this is the difference between their doctrine and Christ's doctrine. Read. At the same time came the disciples unto Yahweh Shai, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Yahweh Shai called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. So they asked, Who's the greatest? <laughs> and Christ called who? Child. He called a kid. He called the kid of low stature, of no reputation, no position at all. He called a kid. Message, he was trying to teach the disciples something. Not to be like the scribes and the Pharisees, because they were all about what? Statue and position. Read. And he said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children. Except you be converted. What does the word converted mean? Changed. Unless you change from doing things the way that Israel has always done it. Because remember, y'all go back and read Samuel. Why was Saul picked to be king? Was it because of his wisdom? <laughs> no. Remember, his statue. Saul was a tall, good-looking Benjamite, so-called Jamaican uh, uh, island brother, Caribbean island brother. Tall, good-looking. That's why he was chosen to be king. Nothing else. That was it, because he was just tall and handsome. This is Israel's M.O. Even to this day, we still look flashiest. Which camp got the, the, the biggest lights, the biggest theatrics? The most beautiful is garments. <laughs> Who's the handsome teachers? The tall teachers. We're still caught up in this, even to this day. And Christ was trying to show his disciples that's not the way. We you know. Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye, sh- ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Read. Whosoever, therefore, shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It says whoever big ups himself, who puts himself on a pedestal, humble himself. Humble yourself. Christ was teaching the disciples how to exercise humility. Like it tells us in James 4 and 6, I think it is. 
It says, but God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Read on. Humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And if you humble yourself, then you'll be called great. Your greatness is in your humility. Read. And whoso shall receive one, such little child in my name receiveth me. Mm-hmm. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, so if you offend the least person in Israel, even a little kid, read. Little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a mouth millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Because if you put weight around anything you throw into the water, it's going to seep down to the bottom. Read. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come. Mm-hmm. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Read. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off mm-hmm. and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into the life, halt, or means, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Right, he's basically saying, man, cut off your impurities. Read on. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into the hell fire. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of speed up a little bit. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. It's a lot of meat right there. I ain't going to touch it, though. Read on. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Now, this is the part I want to get to. What was Christ's doctrine? Save which was lost. Read it again. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. What was Christ's mission? To save. He was coming to save. That which was lost. He was coming to save the Israelites that had got caught up in idolatry. That had got caught up with the ways of the Gentiles. Which had got caught up into power. Caught up in positions. This is what he was coming to save. St. John chapter 7. We're going to start at verse 1. Yep, St. John 7 and 1. So you see how his doctrine was different. The doctrine of the Pharisees, the scribes, the essence, the um, Herodians. His doctrine was different. Matthew 18 and 1. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, St. John 7 and 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. Now, this is where Christ was from. He's from the city of Nazareth that was in Galilee. Three. Now, the Jews. Feast of Tabernacles was at hand. And remember, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill Christ. Now, what's going on right here? The Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles. So people say the law is done away with. This is a ceremonial law. What was Christ doing keeping the Feast of Tabernacles? Read on. His brethren, therefore, said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. Now, this is Christ's two brothers, uh, 
James and I think his other name was John. His two brothers like, man, look, come down to the celebration so everybody can see your works. And they were not being sincere. It's going to tell you, read. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. Man, you know all these ones? Come show the whole world. And he's talking about the world of Israel, y'all. I'm going to get that. Read. For neither did his brethren believe in him. See, that's why it says neither did his brethren. This is two blood brothers. They didn't believe. They were mocking him when they told him to come down and show everybody your works. This is the, the life that Christ led, y'all. Cherub, the sword without, cherub within. Read. Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. So Christ was like, it ain't time for me to die yet, but it's time for you to learn. <laughs> Read. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. The world of Israel, the works of Israel was evil. Read. Go ye up unto this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. Mm-hmm. When he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. So Christ stayed back, read. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. So Christ did go, but he, he went on the Lola, incognito, read. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And they was looking for him. Read. And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, He is a good man. Others said, Nay, but he deceiveth the people. So you see how Israel was basically split on believing whether to believe in Christ or not? Read. Howbeit no man openly of him for fear of the Jews. And even if you did believe in him. You had to keep it on the hush because you see how much power, when they say the Jews, they're talking about the Pharisees and all those other sects, how much power they had in Israel. Gosh, we got to be quiet. We can't let them know we believe in Christ. We can't let it know. We can't let it be seen. I can't be seen with them. Read. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. So they feasting, and Christ went into the temple and started teaching. Read. And and the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? (laughs) How he know the letters? They're talking about these uh, scribes or scrolls that we had, and he ain't never read them. So Christ was basically had the whole book in his head, not looking at a scroll. Read. Answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Mm-hmm. Did not Moses give you the law? And yet none of you keepeth the law? <laughs> Read. Why go ye about to kill me? Y'all didn't keep the law. Moses gave it to y'all. And y'all want to kill me. But don't the law say, thou shalt not murder? <laughs> Does the law say that? You see how Christ was, was, was pulling our coattail and embarrassing the hell out of us? 
showing us how hypocritical we are? Read. The people answered and said, Thou hast the devil. You see? That's the comeback. Oh, you got a spirit on you. Read. Who goeth about who goeth about to kill thee? Who anybody trying to kill you? Well, if anybody's trying to kill Christ, then why y'all so damn tell the Pharisees y'all believe in him then? Stop. Read. Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. Moses, therefore, gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. Right, and that's in the law. Read. And ye, on the Sabbath day, circumcise a man. And y'all circumcise a dude on the Sabbath. But y'all get mad at me because I healed a dude on the Sabbath. Read. If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry at me because I have made a, a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So y'all are not righteous in y'all judging. Read. Then said some of them to Jerusalem, "Is not, is some not of them of Jerusalem. Excuse me. Then said some of them of Jerusalem, "Is not this he whom they seek to kill?" Ah, oh, but you just said they weren't trying to kill him. <laughs> but now you say, "Oh, that's the dude everybody's trying to kill." See how we are, man. How we was. Ain't nothing changed. Read. But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? Wait a minute. Read that part again. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? Do they know that this is Christ? This is the saved. This is the anointed Savior. Read. Howbeit we know this man whence he is. But when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. When Christ comes, anybody gonna know where he comes from. This is what they saying, read. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me and ye know whence I am. You know me, you know where I came from, read. And I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. So y'all don't know the most high, read. But I know him. For I am from him, and he hath sent me. Read. Then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come. Still trying to kill Christ. And many of the people believed on him and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? So a lot of us believe Christ and said, Man, if he ain't Christ, then when when Christ comes, because y'all say he ain't him, is he going to do more miracles than what he's been doing? Read. The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. They sent somebody to come get Christ. Read. Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while am I with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Mm-hmm. Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me. And where I am, thither ye cannot come. Read. Then said the Jews among themselves. Among themselves. The Israelites said this among themselves. Read. Whither will he go that we shall not find him? Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? This is showing that Israel was scattered amongst the Gentiles 
and we're even called Gentiles, y'all. So when you see the word Gentile in the New Testament, it don't mean what you think. But that ain't the point. Read on. What manner of saying is this that he has said, ye shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come? In the last day, that great day of the feast. So the last day of Feast Tabernacle, read. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said. Now, why Christ say, as the scripture has said? Because remember what the people just said previously. They said, when Christ comes, is he going to do more miracles than this dude? Because they knew what? They knew the scriptures about him coming. They knew the scriptures. That's how they were able to identify that, man, this is the Messiah. This is the Savior. That's why he said, he that believed on me, read, as the scripture has said. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Read on. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they believe, they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Mm -hmm. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, of a truth, this is the prophet. So a lot of people say, he's the prophet, read. Others said, this is the Christ. This is the Savior. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? But this was the hang-up. This was the hang This was the stumbling block right here. Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Now, remember, in Galilee was a town called Nazareth, and Nazareth was, uh, Nazareth was a hood. It was a hood, man. It was a, 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 a ghetto. It's like, no, man, the scriptures don't say he's coming out of Galilee. Read. Have not the scriptures said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So this shows what? That, yes, Israel knew the scriptures. Yes, they knew the prophecy of the Messiah coming. Give me Psalm chapter 132 and verse 11. This is the scripture they're referring to right here. Psalm chapter 132, verse 11. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon, the, upon thy throne forevermore. So this is proven that Christ came out of the loins of David. And this is what they're talking about, that he's going to come out of the loins of David. And David being from Bethlehem, which meant what? His lineage was going to be from Bethlehem. That's why they said, now let's go back to St. John chapter 8, read verse 42 again. St. John 7, 42. 42, yeah. Has not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? You see, this was the hang-up. And because of this hang-up, verse 43, so there was a division among the people because of him. <laughs> so this little stumbling block right here caused them not to believe, and the people were divided on whether or not to believe in Christ. Read it all. And some of them would have taken him, 
but no man laid hands on him. Mm-hmm. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have ye not brought him? The officers answered, Never man spake like this man. We ain't never heard nobody speak like this dude speak. Read. Then answered them of the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? Yeah. Who said this? Then answered them of the Pharisees. Then answered them the Pharisees. Excuse me. Or ye also deceive the Pharisees like man. He done tricked y'all too. Read. Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed on him? Y'all don't see us believing in him, do (laughs) y'all? And we're the head honchos. We're the head of y'all people. We're so esteemed. (laughs) Read. But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Man, y'all don't know the Bible. Y'all cursed for believing in this dude. Read. Nicodemus saith unto them. And who said this to them? Nicodemus. Nicodemus made this statement. Read. He that came to Jesus by night. <laughs> he came to Christ by what? By night. So he popped up on Christ at night, read. Being one of them. Being one of them. One of what? One of Christ's secret disciples. We're going to get to that. Finish reading this. Does our law judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. So let me go back and check the books. Check the scriptures. It didn't say that he was coming out of Galilee. It said he was coming out of Bethlehem. Read. And every man went unto his own house. Now let's get um, St. John chapter 3. And we're going to start at verse 1. Because remember, it was Nicodemus making this statement. And then it even tells us there that Nicodemus came to Christ at night secretly. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find out about him. We're just going to read about him, St. John chapter 3, verse 1. John chapter 3, verse 1. <clears throat> there is a man of the Pharisees named Nicodem- Nicodemus. So this is the same Nicodemus we just read about. In Matthew chapter, uh, what chapter is that? 18? Uh, I'm sorry, St. John chapter 7. Read. A ruler of the Jews. Mm-hmm. The same came to Yahweh's side by night. And- we just read that, right? Huh. Read. By night and said unto him, Rabbi. <laughs> he called him what? Rabbi. Rabbi. Or father. Master. Read. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. I know you came from God. This is what Nicodemus is saying. Read. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Read. Yehoshua answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Christ is telling him that he had to change his ways, like he told his disciples, except he be converted, be born again. This is what the religion gets. I'm a born again Christian. This is where they get it from right here, y'all. But he's using the analogy of man being born again. Now, listen to Nicodemus. Read. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? 
can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? This was over his head. He didn't understand the analogy. Read. Yahweh answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of the Most High. So he's talking about be born of water and the spirit. Uh, you read in Ephesians chapter uh, 5, get the verse, where it talks about the, uh, the washing of water by the word. So he's talking about the word, which is the water, and the spirit, St. John 6 and 63. Uh, the spirit that prophets, uh, the spirit that prophets, the flesh, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh prophets nothing. These words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So Christ is talking about being born of the word. It says, read, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Christ is basically telling him that he had to be converted. He had to be changed from his perception, from his doctrine. Read. Uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So what is Christ telling us? You can't be carnal as hell. That's what he's saying. You can't be carnal. Read. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Read. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Mm-hmm. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. Mm-hmm. But canest not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth? So is every one that is born of the spirit. Huh. Read. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? How can this happen? Read. Yahweh answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Say, man, but you a leader. <laughs> How is it you don't know this? How you don't know that the spirit is like the wind? Read. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall you believe it? Believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Man, he said, how are you going to believe I tell you spiritually things? Spiritual things, read. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Uh-huh. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. He says what? As Moses, lifted, as Moses lifted up. This is an important part. Read it again. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, what is he talking about? Let's get Numbers chapter 21. So this is right before the famous verse that everybody loves. But let's get some understanding before we even go there. Numbers 21, start at verse 6. Whoever got it and read quick because we run out of time. Numbers 21 and 6. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. So the Most High sent serpents among us. Read. And they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Read. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. The fiery serpent that was made 
it's the medical symbol that the medical industry uses even to this day. If Israel looked upon this symbol, then they would survive. They would be saved. Hope everybody's seeing this. What verse are you in? Read. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, any man of the Israelites, we got to remember, we read it in context. These were Israelites. Read. He lived. Read. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in Oboth. And they journeyed from Oboth and pitched at Aiz Abarim. What verse you in? 11. All right. So this pertains to the children of Israel. Moses making that serpent, putting it on the pole, and, 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 and putting it up in the air. And all the Israelites that looked upon it, they were saved. Now let's go back to St. John chapter 3. We're going to read verse 14. But now we're going to read with a whole lot of understanding. 14? Mm-hmm. St. John chapter 3, verse 14. And, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And what did that serpent, that stick, the serpent that was on the stick do for those Israelites during the time of Moses? It saved them. Read. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whosoever believeth in him. <laughs> the whosoever is the whosoever of what nation? The children of Israel. We just read in verse 14. Read. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That so, so God loved, so loved the world, the world of who, though? Israel. The world of Israel. That he gave his only begotten son, just like he, Moses created that serpent on the stick, that whosoever believed, read it again. That whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, so the the emblem on the stick, the serpent on the stick back in the day was the savior for Israel. Now this current time, that savior was going to be Christ. But you had to believe and you had to be an Israelite. I hope everybody's seeing this. This is not the whole world, y'all. Let's get this one. Let's get uh Isaiah chapter forty five and verse seventeen. Isaiah 45 and 17, but Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. So Israel's going to be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation, meaning what? The Most High was always going to save us from whatever captivity that we went into. He would always send a Savior. When we were in any type of trouble, he always sent a Savior or sent something to save us. Read. Ye shall not be ashamed, nor confounded, world without end. What is Israel? Ye shall not be ashamed, nor confounded, world without end. So Israel is a what? World. A world. The world of Israel. So John 3.16, for, for God so loved the world, the world of Israel, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish have everlasting life, man. This is a common theme of the Israelites all throughout our history. 
Reading on in St. John. Matter of fact, let's jump. St. John. Matter of fact, keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Verse 17. But Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting... I'm sorry, not you. We're going back to St. John chapter 3 and verse uh, 16. 16 again? Yep. St. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Mm -hmm. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, why would he say he didn't send them to condemn? Because all of Israel thought that Christ was doing what to them? Condemning them. Because he was telling them about themselves, how they was off, how they was hypocrites, how they was going to hell if they didn't change, how the Most High was displeased with them. He didn't come to condemn, though. He came to save. But he came off like he was coming to condemn us. Read. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Now, everybody that didn't believe, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, the, the uh, Herodians, the Essenes. Read. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Because all the people out of his name, all the sects I name, believed in themselves. Read. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. No doubt. Read. For everyone that doeth evil is the light. Mm-hmm. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. That was you know, verse 21 or verse 20. 20. All right. So I'm going to mark this as a good stopping place. So we're going to come back, uh, Lord willing, next week and get what the light is. Uh, dealing with Christ being that light. Um, I hope everybody got some edification out of the class. Uh, y'all got any questions? Comments? Yeah. Nothing? Uh-huh. <laughs> I hope everybody got some edification out of the class. I hope I wasn't going too fast. I hope I didn't lose nobody. Um, a shout out to Water for hooking up the broadcast. I apologize, y'all, for doing the show at a later time, um, but it is what it is. Um, until next week, Lord willing, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to please tune in to Talk the Pop. Tuesday. Talk the Pop. Tuesday. Talk the Pop. Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Tuesday. And with that, y'all, we're going to say, Shalom. Shalom.